This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we are staring a five-game losing streak in the face. I don't think that is something that any of us expected going into the season and yet here we are you know every week we talk about the get right games we talk about all the things that the Packers can do to get themselves into things and save the season and then every week we come on here and have a recap show about uh, how the Packers didn't do any of those things so Perry what what happens now what do we do that's a question that I've been toiling around in my brain since the game yesterday because I genuinely believe that this team is in a really, really bad position currently. And I'm not just saying that because they're three and six and likely going to miss the playoffs. I mean, the projected outcome for this team, if you're looking into the offseason, you're looking into next season, you're potentially looking into 2024 is not good. Like they really put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket, hoping that he would come back and be able to take whatever, you know, offense that him and Matt LaFleur could cook up, utilize young guys. You know, they they signed free agent Sammy Watkins, hoping maybe he would resurge his career and lean on a defense that was supposed to be one of the best in the NFL this season and hope that they could keep their window open a little bit longer. And in hindsight, obviously hindsight is 2020, this Everyone in this organization did not do enough to make this season successful. And so we're looking at a massive cap hit, a $50 million quarterback, and a team that is absolutely just falling apart at the seams. Uh, This Lions loss was pretty much their last hope of 
making it a competitive season. Like they had to win this game in order to make the playoffs They're, You know, we're halfway through the season and we kind of already know barring anything insane happening in the NFC, which is, you know, possible. Um, this team is going to be done at the beginning of January and they're going to also have to make some really tough decisions about this roster and where they're going to move with this franchise. Um, not even to be dramatic, right? Like they have huge quarterback decisions to make this off season. It's just a, it's a whole, whole mess. And of course it happened against the one in six Detroit lions who are arguably the worst team in football. Yeah. And I, I was talking to my husband about this and I said, like, even it's just so strange. Like, it feels like none of us can wrap our heads around the fact that the team is this bad. Like, you know, even, you know, if we want to say that we had high expectations or our expectations were too high going into the season. Sure. But even if you're watching like, you know, the Fox six broadcast before the game starts, they're talking about, oh, well, the Vikings are playing a commander's team that's pretty hot and they've got the bills. And some of the talking heads are talking about how the Packers can get back into this. They just need to turn things around today for the Lions and they can still win the division. Like the fact that we're all like grasping and reaching for like, oh, well, everybody like they could still turn this around. It can still be their division. And we've got a seven and one Vikings team that is rolling and we're still trying to find like some some remedy for why the Packers are playing this badly. And it's just that they won't get out of their own way. And I think that's what's so frustrating is every week we come on here and we talk about, hey, they won this battle. They did this. They did this. They everything they did to lose to the Lions was self-inflicted. And they just these are repeated mistakes that they keep repeating week in and week out. And every week we come on the show and we say, Hey, well, if they just clean this up a little bit, they can roll. And then they roll over themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this should have been a 24 point at least offensive performance for the green Bay Packers at minimum. They get into the red zone four times, come away with zero points at minimum you're hoping for a field goal on each of these, right? And they get zero. Like, this is just bad football. There's no other way really to say it. It's just, it's poor football. It's poor game planning. It's poor execution. It's this game in particular, quite frankly, was just like one of the worst performances I've ever seen from Aaron Rodgers in the decade plus that I've been watching him. It was just all around bad. And you're right. It was completely self-inflicted. The Lions are a bad football team. They only scored 15 points. This Packers team should have been able to, even in the abysmal offensive state that they've been in this season, beat the Lions, who are the worst defense in the league, literally 32nd, right, in points allowed. And they could only score nine. And it's just... There's no clear path forward for what to do. There's nothing, and we've been saying this for weeks, there's nothing to build off of. There's no one thing that you can point to and say, well, they're doing this well. I mean, I guess running Aaron Jones, but that's about it. And say, okay, go and do that, especially when your quarterback is playing as badly as Aaron did in this game. I mean, two red zone picks, like you are the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL, you cannot play like this. At minimum, you just expect Aaron Rodgers to at least throw it away, not throw it to the defenders. And yet he is just, and he looked, I mean, pissed at himself as he rightfully should be. And it's really hard to watch. It's really hard to watch Aaron Rodgers, like one of the greatest of all time, play like this and have 
him be the reason that this team is losing. And I think that's why it's so hard for us to wrap our minds around because it's, it's all, I mean, this season has been, you know, he's been like probably mediocre at best, but it's almost never been him and his performance on the field. And now it is. Yeah. And I mean, I think that what makes this also so challenging isn't even the fact that it's an NFC team. It's not that it was a division rival. It's the fact that we all were talking about the Bills game as like a moral victory. And there's no moral victories in the NFL, but, and there was always a little asterisk. There was a caveat. There was a but that this was a game that we saw the Packers like get up for. And mm-hmm. Rodgers had said, you know, this is the first time all season we felt like we were like truly ready to play. They battled that Bills game like they hung around with a Super Bowl favorite Bills team. So we're like, OK, there's momentum. Maybe, you know, they can take this energy and they they really can start to turn things around. And then they literally had their worst game by, by a long stretch. The Giants game, the Commanders game, like the Jets game kind of got out of hand at the end. But none of those performances were even close to being as bad as the way the Packers played against the Lions. So it's just, it's this team is such an anomaly and you can point to injuries. You can point to flukes that happen, like, you know, the, the tipped interceptions and whatever, throwing it off a face mask, like those things happen, but it's like one or two things, you know, it's typically you can point to like one or two moments that maybe swing a game. It feels like the Packers have like six or seven moments every game where it's like, if you just cleaned up like four of the seven, you probably would still, you know, have a chance and you would have won the game, but everything is just so self-inflicted and it's a head scratcher because, you know, you talked about it last week. Like, is it the level of competition and the Packers like get themselves up for better competition at some point, you know, you just got to win a damn football game. And the fact that they come out looking so defeated and so flustered. And it's like you said, this is, this was a historically bad lions defense, historically bad. And the Packers offense was able to put up nine points. Yeah. And the worst part about it to me was that it wasn't for lack of being able to move the ball. Like the Packers were able to move the ball up and down the field. And then something happens when they get in the red zone and it's like, they forget how to play football You know, and nothing, I think, encapsulates this season more than the final drive, right? The Packers drive, they have great field position. They've got two minutes. They've got all their timeouts. It's Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Any other season you're thinking, easy, win, like this is a touchdown, like they're going to come back in this game. And instead, they drive down the field and then play calling, execution, decision making at the line of score everything just becomes like mush and they throw three shot plays they don't even try to run the ball they have plenty of time again they forget about their timeouts and of course the game ends with Sammy Watkins running the wrong route and not being on the same page with Aaron Rodgers and it just falls incomplete in just the most most this season underwhelming anticlimactic fashion possible and I don't know what this team is supposed to do going forward I don't know how they look at each other in the locker room and say yeah we did our best today because they did not they did not do their best today and I think it's hard to have a discussion about this team because it is so nuanced it's everybody's fault it's just like a collective failure at like all levels at this point and I think you know fans like to say, okay, well, it's this problem, right? Like this is the problem. So if they just fix this, right? There are a lot of fans that are saying, 
you know, it's the front office's fault because they didn't do enough to put enough weapons or like inject enough talent into this team in this offseason after losing Devontae Adams and MBS. Yeah, you're right. If that's your argument, you're correct. There are a lot of fans who are like, Matt Fleur, he's not, he's not a good enough leader. He isn't play calling properly this season. This doesn't even look like his offense as like we thought it would be. This like pure Matt LaFleur offense without Devontae Adams this season. You're right. That's also a problem. I am more of in the camp that, you know, this season very much was contingent upon Rodgers just coming back and looking like himself and the kind of elevating the guys around him. He isn't. You're right. Aaron Rodgers is also the problem. Like, so when this is all, it's from top to bottom, I think it's almost impossible in this current season to fix anything. It was impossible for me yesterday to watch this game and say, you know what would have fixed this? Chase Claypool. Like DJ Moore, you know, whoever you, Darren Waller, whoever you throw out there that the Packers were interested in, Jerry Judy, like this offense is so past one player away. And I know a couple weeks ago we talked about like how to get OBJ in there or whatever. Like one, OBJ is not going to come to Green Bay where they're three and six when he can go hang out with the, the Bills, the Cowboys, you know, whoever else is calling his number that actually has a shot at the playoffs. But the the issue isn't you know what we're seeing with I mean you could argue that the talent deficiency has its moments and we said we talk we'll talk about injuries a little bit later in the show but like you know this is a really banged up group and the guys that are that are left have to step up and make plays but bringing in one person to fix you know it's like shooting yourself and putting a band-aid on it like it's just it's not gonna do enough for this team and it is hard when you think about like not to spin this into a Jordan Love thing, but you do have the argument like Jordan Love is, you know, what do you do with a player that has never seen the field? You're not benching a $50 million quarterback. And it's just, there's a lot of irreparable damage at this point that the front office, you know, the coaching staff, Matt LaFleur wouldn't even entertain the question. And I don't necessarily blame him. He's not going to come up and say like, yeah, we've talked about benching Aaron Rodgers because that's going to go over really well. Like the problem I think is the locker room, in general. And, you know, obviously these guys aren't going to come out and say like, yeah, we're, we're terrible. We don't think we can turn this around. It's a lost season. Like they're saying all the right things. They're acting the way that you would expect them to. It's just, I don't think anybody knows where they can go from here. And I think that's the challenging part. Yeah. And this is a game and we've talked about this plenty of times of like doing your one eleventh, Right. And so, and you can point at individual guys, especially in this game and say, yeah, they did what they needed to do. Yeah. You know, when when called upon, Aaron Jones ran the ball well enough. When called upon, AJ Dillon did what he needed to do. When called upon, Alan Lazard put everything out there in this game when he's clearly still battling through a shoulder injury. You know, when called upon, Jair Alexander kept them in this game with a key interception. And so, but you look at this and there's something, there's just still something missing here where regardless of what you're bringing to this game, because they can only do what they can do mm-hmm. when one person in that 11 isn't on any given play, it's all going to break down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I do kind of want to talk about the Jordan Love situation because that's kind of what I meant at the top of the show by like this team is in a really bad yeah. spot. So if you want to dive into it, like I'm... <laughs> I'm down because I have some thoughts about it. None of them are great. I think I talked about this a little bit on Pack a Day. If those listening listen to Andy, Alex, and I have a semi meltdown uh, recording post show. But again, I think this team really did this very half hearted all in this season, right? They, they brought back Rogers. They made a statement saying we're still in on this guy. They gave him a massive contract extension and arguably you can make the argument that they didn't do enough to bolster this roster at the same token. I think they expected guys to make these like steps forward in their development that didn't, which doesn't help, but they did this kind of like all in at the quarterback position and whether or not that was the right decision, it doesn't matter anymore. They did it. And now they're in this spot where they have this Jordan Love fifth-year option looming over them. They have to decide what they do with him. This is your first-round pick, right? You have to decide if this guy is your future or not. You have to know what you have in him. They have no idea, right? They have simply no clue at this point based on the very, very limited time he's played. And so now you aren't making the playoffs. You have your four-time like Hall of Fame legend quarterback who's not playing well. We don't know if he's coming back next season. So we don't know if retirement is looming, if trade is looming, if what the cap issues are going to look like. There's a first round pick you need to evaluate. And now would be the time to do that. Season's lost. Put Jordan Love in. There is no harm and especially if Aaron Rodgers is going to come back next season, stay healthy. Let's see what we got. We have to make this decision. But politically, you just simply can't do that. You cannot bench Aaron Rodgers. Like that will never, ever go over well. So now what do you do? Do you wait till later in the season? You have Rodgers just ride this out and see if he can right the ship, potentially get a couple of wins in, under him when you're officially eliminated from the playoffs. Then do you play Jordan Love? Do you not play Jordan Love because this might be Aaron Rodgers' last season in Green Bay ever and you want to see him finish out the season. Like, there are so many questions. And I think at this point, in my head, there's no winning scenario to choose. There's always something in there that's going to bite and it's going to sting. And I think that's just the reality of this league where getting to ride off into the sunset with a really simple, easy, incredible transition that the Packers had or I guess more of like a Peyton Manning type, it just doesn't exist anymore, right? This could be an Eli Manning situation where they bench him for Daniel Jones. I don't see that happening. This could be what's happening, what we're seeing with Tom Brady, where he's just going to fizzle out and potentially retire. I don't, what do you think? Like, I, I just don't see a pathway that is like, okay, that feels like the happiest, simplest way forward. 
Yeah, it's it's really hard. And I've been like racking my brain trying to figure out what I think the best solution is. And I just, you know, I think, and again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. The best solution would have been for Aaron Rodgers to decide on his own at the end of last season, I'm going to hang him up. I'm going to go out on top as far as like, you know, back-to-back MVP, four-time MVP. Am I comfortable only having one Super Bowl? Yes. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going out on my personal high of having two MVPs. Like, I know I can still perform at a high level. This is where I want to end things. Instead, he came back, which is fine, you know, but the front office had to reward him for that. And I think there's a lot that kind of goes back to the will he, won't he, does he want to get traded? All the issues that stemmed from a couple seasons ago. I think the Packers are still kind of trying to pay dividends to make up for some of those issues, you know, that were perceived at the front office doing him wrong and whatever. I don't want to get into that, you know, that whole spin of things. But so now you've got Rodgers who is declining in play. And I think, I think you can argue that there's a little bit to do with the thumb but just a little bit. And I think that's what's frustrating to me is it could have been like, hey, maybe Rodgers needs a week to get this thumb rested. Let's put Jordan Love in. And that those little glimpses can tell you enough because, you know, whether it was the Jets game, like whatever would have happened, you have to see how Jordan Love can run the offense. And if Jordan Love wins a game, there's no quarterback controversy, right? You're like, great job, Jordan. We see some promise. Rodgers' thumb is better. Now he goes back in, but instead, like he's taken shots that I think that's going to be the lingering question. It's like when he had the ankle injury, it's like when he had the knee injury, like it's going to be an excuse that kind of hangs over him. And it's not enough that he's not going to be able to play. He's going to play through it. He'll point to it in situations and say like, yeah, some of my accuracy is gone, but it's not going to be enough for Matt LaFleur to bench him for him to take himself out of a game. Cause he's too competitive and it's just going to, it's going to hamstring the front office even further. And I feel bad for Jordan Love and all this, honestly. Like, that's that's where my head keeps going. Yeah, I mean, he has not been given a shot. And I don't think it's for lack of trying. Like, obviously, the Packers have kept him on this roster. They haven't traded him. They haven't moved him for for what we know at this point. I think he deserves that time. And again, if this was any other quarterback in any other situation – I think you would be seeing him now this yeah. season, right? Oh, Playoffs yeah. are out and like give nine games. I mean, you, you give this guy half a season, you know, like, you know, and then Packers are going to have at this point looking like a top 10 draft pick. Then you get to decide what you want to do with that pick. Do you want to go up and get a Bryce young or one of the top quarterbacks in this draft? Like the Packers are going to have options. They just have to have the knowledge in order to do with what they need to do with those options in the best way for this team. And unfortunately the way that they handle their and Rogers situation and the way the season has played out, because I think it's those two things in conjunction with each other, they're kind of hamstringed into this like really delicate unknowing place. And I am not calling for the benching of Aaron Rodgers. Let me just like put that out there. If this is my last season with this guy as quarterback of my favorite football team, like I do not want to lose out on, on that, even if he's playing horribly. Like this is one of the greatest you can see over my shoulder. I literally have his jersey hanging in my office. Like that is not what I'm saying. I am saying he's not playing up to his standards. I think he would say that too. But what I'm what I just want to point out, right, is that this franchise and the decisions they have to make are just in, I think, a really, really difficult spot. 
And it's really unfortunate. And I think it's it's simply because all of the worst case scenarios that could have happened this season have all happened all at once. Yeah. And I'm really glad you said that about Aaron Rodgers because I agree. Like, I want to put that out there as well. I don't want him benched. I agree with you. We've talked about it on the show hundreds of times that he is the reason that we fell in love with the sport. And, you know, if he's going to go out, it'd be different, you know, if like the Packers were sitting at five and two and Aaron Rodgers was playing like garbage and then everybody else around him had elevated it. Like, you know, it's, it's not just a him issue. There are moments Mm -hmm. obviously that are on his shoulders, some of the interception decisions and things like he hasn't looked like himself. But then you see like a vintage, like an 18 yard scramble and you're like, yeah. there he is. And it like it reminds you of, you know, why you fell in love with watching him play. And one bad season is not going to like tarnish, you know, the Aaron Rodgers legacy, I don't think. Or it's not going to make me feel yeah. differently about him as a quarterback. But it is just disheartening and frustrating to feel like the Packers have like it's like they propped up the window a little bit and like the paint stick or whatever they use to stick the window up is starting to snap and now you have like your oh shit moment of like do we try to get some guys out the window <laughs> and the rest yeah. of us just stay in the building yeah as it's collapsing like and and it's just this is going to be a very very interesting off season in green bay and i think even if the packers like they're three and six right i'm not saying they're going to go 11 and six there's no way that happens but if the packers sneak into the playoffs at like nine and seven they still have to have all these difficult conversations. Like the sky isn't falling because they're, you know, if they're in the playoffs, the sky is still going to be falling there. These are really tough decisions that they have to make regardless of what happens the next 11 weeks. I'm so glad you pointed that out because my, uh, my follow-up to you was going to be like, no matter what happens, they could win the Super Bowl somehow this season and their cap situation will still look like it does and they will still have to make really difficult decisions about what this roster looks like next season because of the way that they've constructed it for the the past couple of years. And I think David Bakhtiari is probably a player we should talk about. You look at some of these veterans like – you're probably losing Mercedes Lewis. You're probably losing Randall Cobb. You're for sure not going to have Sammy Watt. Like there are a lot. This team is going to look Lazard. very, very different. Yeah, Alan Lazard, no way he's sticking around here, right? So this team, regardless of who's at the helm, whether it's going to be Aaron Rodgers next season or not, is going to look very different because this front office is going to have to make some serious cuts. And it's so funny. I was thinking about this last night, you know, Going into the season, Packers fans were like, yeah, the Packers off front office finally did all these things that we were hoping they'd do, right? Like they got Kenny Clark help on the line and they finally drafted a top wide receiver and they made these like what seemingly were like great decisions. And I still think that they will, right? I still think that the these young wide receivers are going to be in Green Bay for the long haul. Hopefully, you know, they can, they can get healthy. I still agree with some of these decisions, but – Again, I think it just comes down to like worst case scenario on pretty much every one of those has happened, right? Both rookie receivers hurt. Rashawn Gary now, torn ACL, we found out today. Sammy Watkins, this wasn't his resurgence. He's just done. Like all these things, they just, and you can't plan for them. You you got to just make your decisions and stick by them and hope that they work out and for the Packers this season, it's just not the year they they didn't work out. There's a lot of case studies like this every year. The Titans, the Chargers, the Ravens. There are teams that on paper are always Super Bowl favorites. 
And then the Chargers, I think, are the prime example of this, where every year they get hit by the injury bug so bad, where it's like, you know, we've got like this small window with Justin Herbert on a rookie contract, and we have to capitalize, and we have Joey Bosa, and we have, you know, an an all-pro level, you know, offensive line around him or bringing in you know help to support him and then all these guys get hurt in once and you know they're they're always sputtering into the playoffs and don't make any type of progress if they do and you know we saw it with the titans i, I mentioned the ravens is another example like yeah it's like you said you can't plan for this stuff you can't plan for randall cobb to get hurt and then romeo dobbs to get hurt on the first play and christian watson having back-to-back concussions is horrifying for a rookie it's it's scary for anybody to have back-to-back concussions but when it's your first nfl season and you're already dealing with the injury bug, like that kind of stuff ruins careers. And it is awful to think about for some of these young guys that have to deal with these kind of things when they're like barely acclimated into the NFL. So I think the defense largely on paper is going to look pretty much the same for the next couple of years. There's going to be some moving pieces, like maybe 26 isn't going to be back there anymore in the <laughs> next, uh, next season. But um, beyond that, this offense is going to look just vastly different. It's like yeah. you said, even if even if Rodgers is back, his starting wide receivers are maybe Dobbs, Watson, Toure. And maybe you bring in like a yeah. like a free agent vet or you draft somebody high, but you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with Aaron Jones and his cap hit. You've probably got AJ Dillon in the backfield for a couple seasons, but yeah, I, this offense on paper is gonna look just dramatically different next season. I mean this to me is the Packers have no choice, but to go into a rebuild. They have literally no choice. They have no cap. They cannot start. Like they have to start tearing it down to, in order to rebuild it. And I don't know what that looks like when you have the Aaron Rodgers contract on the books, but if he's here, you have to work around it and you're going to have to rebuild. And it'd be fair if Aaron Rodgers is like, I don't want to do that. I'm not sticking around for this. Fine. That's fine. But like, they're going to be put in the position in order to do this, right? Maybe they can sell in the off season. They're going to cut guys. They're going to have a really high draft pick. Like they're getting put in the position in order to do this. But I think fans have to be prepared for, at least a season or two of really abysmal football, right? It's it's going to be, you're going to have to go down to go up, which is funny now I say that, like that's pretty much what the season has been, right? This Lions game was like one step forward, three steps back, where like they do something good and then nope, it's an interception. They do something good, nope, it's a fumble. They do something good and nope, somebody got hurt. Like that is just what this season has been. And I think it's going to be what the Packers look like for a little while. Yeah. And I think part of it too is like, you know, we talked about it already. Like if this is Aaron Rodgers last season, just out of respect for him being a hall of famer, being a four-time MVP, you know, the respect he's rightfully earned as the, the face of the franchise in the locker room, you know, a vocal leader, like you don't bench him, but it's, it's just really hard to figure out what next season looks like for the Packers without knowing what you have in Jordan Love and without knowing what you have like in a lot of these players who are very injured you know this this game just decimated the Packers roster and you know say what you want about playing on artificial turf I agree I you know I think grass fields are the way to go and should be at this stage you know we're in 2022 you know the NFL I think needs to evolve to some better playing surfaces but it's just really unfortunate that it felt like the Packers just 
they couldn't get out of their own way, but then they lost so many of their pieces that could have helped them down the stretch actually try to get out of the way. And I, it's just, I mean, do you want to, do you want to go there? Cause the list is abundant. Eric Stokes, they wouldn't even show the replay of how he got injured. They said it looked so bad. Oh God. Um, Rashawn Gary, obviously we know has the torn ACL. Watson has another concussion. Dobbs, we're still waiting to find out what that looks like. Aaron Jones, the MRI results were inconclusive. So we don't know what's going to be, you know, how long-term that ankle injury is. And even like if you're banking on Randall Cobb coming back, you still can't come back till after the Cowboys game. So there's just, this is just a decimated roster. Yeah. I said that to my dad this morning. I said, even if the Packers had won this game, let's say they're, they're four and five at this point, you just lost four starters, four starters in this game for either a significant amount of time or like the season. And so even if they wanted to go for, go on a run and put up a fight, you're looking at a roster that's deep in its depth. And you and I talked about this preseason, right? The starters on this team looked great on paper. The depth was always shaky. And so even if they wanted to go on a run, I don't think they have the pieces in order to do so. Yeah. And I do, I do want to get your thoughts on this just because you kind of mentioned it already, like, you know, where we can turn to as far as shouldering the blame. And I think it falls on everybody. I'm glad you said that. I don't think we can point to one specific thing and say like, it's the scheme, it's the execution, it's the talent, it's the front office. I think all of those cups have some, some water in them. I don't think there's anybody that's, you know, untouchable as far as the blame goes, but do you think with the way the roster stands now, I know Matt LaFleur is a very like even keeled political speaker when he gets up in front of the media, he's not going to say things like, I'm going to fire Joe Barry. I'm going to bench Aaron Rodgers. Like that stuff doesn't happen. But what do you think the f- this coaching staff looks like in 2023? Do you think we see Matt LaFleur make sweeping changes, even if Aaron Rodgers comes back or if he retires, whatever happens? Like, do you think there's change with like the coaching staff that surrounds him? Um, there's going to have to be, I think, just to put that out there, Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are not going anywhere after this season. They have... Yeah led this team the last three years to the playoffs to like 13 win seasons. Like one season to me does not derail either of them. I do. I think there are going to be changes beneath that. Yes. Um, I don't think there's going to be changes before the season ends. That doesn't feel like something the Packers would do, although they have proved us wrong before, you know, with Mike McCarthy, but yes, I mean, there's going, there's going to have to be changes, right? Because to me, the process of what these Packers, this Packers team has tried to do with the way that they construct their roster, the way they coach these players, it hasn't worked, right? They've gotten close, but it hasn't worked. So at some point, you have to self-scout and you have to look at what you've been doing and say, this isn't working and we need to change our process. And I think that there's going to be, in addition to tough player conversations, my hope is that in this offseason, there's going to be tough franchise decision-making conversations in 1265 and say, okay, this process that we have been working with for decades, maybe not all of it is appropriate. And we need to go out and decide what we will, how we want to just like construct this team moving forward. I was thinking a lot ever since, you know, the report came out that the Packers offered a first for DJ Moore, which is 
incredibly rich. You know, I don't know. None of us will ever know if that was 100% accurate. Like, we're not in the locker room. We don't have sources. But I'm glad the Packers didn't do it. Obviously, if we're talking about a team that's sitting at 3-6, and six, could have a top 10, at least top 15 kind of draft pick, the Bears might have like a worse draft pick than the Packers. And now the Steelers own that pick. And I'm kind of, I'm glad the Packers didn't invest in Chase Claypool. Like, I don't think that he would move the needle for Aaron Rodgers as much for like for Jordan love, whoever it is. I mean, I think at this point when we're talking about a rebuild, I'm glad that the Packers were smart at this year's trade deadline, because I don't think anybody would have moved the needle enough to put them over the hump this year. And then we're talking about all the investments that they can make now with these picks that are going to be higher than I think anybody expected. You know, how how long has it been? I mean, we joked about the Packers trading up to get Jordan Love because he fell to the early 20s. And that's just where that was in the Packers realm. And now we're talking about the Packers potentially being able to land a top 10, top 12, top 15 pick without having to sacrifice. Like, we know Goody loves draft capital. We know that they like to move around the board. They're never going to have these kinds of picks or you hope that they don't. So when they finally have the opportunity, I'm really glad that they didn't trade away like, you know, the eighth overall pick in the draft for DJ Moore, who gets to come to a rebuilding team that either has Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or a rookie quarterback. Yep, I totally agree. Let's just like finish up though with this season. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the defense and I want to just like look ahead to the next couple of games because it doesn't get any easier for this team. Uh, they've got the Cowboys at home, the Titans on a short week, and then the best team in the NFC Eagles following. So it's looking like 0-3 to me, but what are your thoughts on the rest of the season? And then let's wrap up with the defense. Yeah, I really wanted to get your your perspective on this because like, let's say the Packers, you know, they get home and they beat the Cowboys. And it's even if it's like it doesn't have to be a blowout, obviously, but like 24, 21 or something. And they they pull it off at Lambeau. They beat the Cowboys and now they're sitting at four and six. Does that change how you feel about the season at all? Like at at this point, is the season like beyond lost for you? And quite frankly, being mediocre and going, you know, eight and nine is, I think, the worst case scenario. Because of like draft picks and yeah because then you're you're this isn't a playoff caliber team that we've seen so far they're not capable of making a run for it so do I want them to purposely lose games no I think for morale in this locker room like go out and and try to win as many games as possible but I think if they're ending the season in that like middle ground it's to their detriment at the end of the day yeah I agree I mean i I would like to see them be competitive. Yeah. I would like to see the kind of the fight that we saw like in the bills game. I keep going back to it because, you know, it felt like there was a lot on paper. Um, So I guess, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Like where are some things that even if the Packers are taking L's the rest of the season, you know, that you think they can hang their hat on. And to me, one of them is like Zach Tom has a future as one of the starters on the offensive line. Like at least, you know, there's, there's things that you can point to, from what we've seen so far this season and like you can hang your hat on that Dobbs we're hoping the injury isn't serious but Dobbs looks like he's going to be a really good NFL receiver like there's a, a a blue chip kind of thing that you can you can point to and say hey this season wasn't all bad because we were able to evaluate xyz and that looked promising so like what would you be looking for in the Cowboys game to say like hey you know these this is a 
these players are nothing? No, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we're here. Um, I think I just want to see the Packers like not fold. Like I'd like to see them, I don't know, put up more than nine points, like not embarrass themselves on national television. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm past that point in the season. I think they should be too. Defensively in this game. I think Jair is a stud. I really liked Keyshawn Nixon in the slot. I like Russell Douglas better when he's playing on the boundary. I, you know, I, I hate that it took an injury to to put him there, but that's my preference. It's been my preference all season is to have Douglas not in the slot. So I thought that looked really good from a defensive perspective. Um, Darnell Savage's liability is probably my other thought on defense. Yeah, Isaiah McDonald can't tackle. Yeah, um, I'd like to see them again. This season is out of reach at this point i'd like to see them change things up on defense like at this point why not put darnell on the slot you yeah. got rudy rudy ford's playing well with amos back there like just see if you're, you're you no matter what have another season with darnell right they they made that clear before the season started that it didn't matter how he played this year he's safe so you might as well go out and see what you got from him a lot of people were on Twitter were coming at Jair for some stupid, you know, attitude, penalty, things like that. Quite frankly, he's the only thing keeping the secondary together. So if he's frustrated and he's trying to just like bring some juice and it's coming out, unfortunately, in a shitty penalty, to me, he gets the benefit of the doubt, right? He has had an interception in the last, I think, two games to try to keep this offense you know, in it and giving them an opportunity. And in both interceptions afterwards, they throw the ball right back to the opposing team on offense. So yeah, I think he's allowed to be a little frustrated. This front got no pressure on, or I shouldn't say no, very little pressure on Goff. I don't even think he was sacked once. So that's a little concerning to me. I know losing Rashawn Gary might've been part of that, but I have a lot of questions. We're talking about roster construction moving forward. Like, what are we doing with Dean Lowry? What are we doing with Jerron Reed? Like, do we want to get more Devontae Wyatt in there? Because you might as well give these snaps to the young guys, you know? So I have questions there. Um, I thought the defense did what they needed to do. Again, mm-hmm. it's another week of they only gave up 15 points two of which I think shouldn't have even been on the board because the penalty on Jair for the kick was brutal. um, And I didn't agree with it, but you can't, again, it's another week of like not being able to really evaluate this defense when they're not playing complimentary football. And if you can't win games when your defense only gives up 15 points to the worst team in the league, like, you're a bad offense and I don't think it's about the defense. Now, if I think there's, you asked earlier, if there's going to be changes in the off season, like I think this is the last season we're with Joe Barry, whether it's warranted or not, like someone's going to scapegoat and it's going to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, the defense did enough again, and we talk about how the, the dam breaks and I didn't feel like, you know, yesterday there was a moment where the dam broke. I think the defense kept them in it till the very end. You know, even on the final drive, the Lions needed to convert, and that would have ended the game. Packers shut them down on on fourth and three, I think it was. Gave the offense the ball back at almost midfield. You know, gave them plenty of opportunities, and the offense just couldn't capitalize. So I do think that, like, foundationally, there's a lot to like 
still with the defense. Obviously, Rashawn Gary is going to get paid, gutted for him having the season that he was having, yeah, being like the bright spot of the defense to tear his ACL. You've still got Kenny Clark. You've still got Jair, like who just got paid. Like there are bright spots on this defense. Yeah, Wait Walker. You know, I, Isaiah McDuffie looked really good when he got to come in and spells like there's guys that I think deserve to take some more snaps or at least like, you know, Chris Barnes even looked like he was having a good game before the concussion. So there are, you know, moments. It's just like you said, it's how do you evaluate it when every opportunity the defense has is, is negated by a shitty offensive mistake. Exactly. Exactly. And I think this team, again, we've talked about this a lot this season and I hate to use this term again, but this team on paper has a lot of talent. So do we need to make a decision about getting someone in to the building who's going to mold this talent in the way that's going to be like most effective and productive for them? Again, I don't think that Joe Barry has done a bad job this season. Like look at the amount of points that this, these, this Packers defense has given up. Now, are they inconsistent and do they tend to, you know, give up big plays in inopportune moments that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet. Yes. Right. They give up. Sometimes they give up long touchdown drives when the offense like really needs them to hold or they hold when, you know, they keep holding, 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 then they break. Like they're not perfect, but at the same time, there's no like realm of perfection this season that's going to have the Packers like winning football games if this defense is playing better than they are. Like it's on the offense. Um, but again, I think that it's going to be a new defensive coordinator in Green Bay in the next season. And I think that's what that's what makes this such a confusing season for Packers fans and pundits and analysts and anybody like, you know, that follows football, because we, we talked about it last week. We've talked about it, I think, every week so far this season, where historically the offense is like, we're going to put up a 40 burger and the defense gives up a 50 burger and the Packers lose. So the fact that we're finally now in a situation where the defense is putting up, you're giving up like 15, 19, like keeping offenses that are really good offenses even under like 25 you think you can have a chance in this league and if you say most games like the Packers defense held this team to 24 points historically we would say Aaron Rodgers scores 27 like without a doubt like easy for him to march down the field and do that and I think that's why we're all having like this disbelief of that the Packers can't turn things around and get it together because any other year it was oh okay like yeah the defense kept this team under X points. Yeah. The Packers won that by a mile because of Aaron Rodgers. So when the offense isn't firing and we finally have a defense, it's, it's just confusing because it's, it's it's unlike anything we've expected, even though it's what we've wanted and searched for, for this Packers team for a long time is to finally have a defense that holds teams like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. (laughs) Um, Final thoughts, I guess not to like, you know, put on rose colored glasses or anything but like I'm having a really hard time like getting too down about the Packers this year and I think it's just because I finally got to a point where like football doesn't take up the entirety of my like joy where I can find perspective and you know to me it's it's a three-hour football game and when they win or lose it doesn't like dampen my spirit I guess as much as it used to like I have so much else going on in my life now so like if this is the last season with Aaron Rodgers I'm going to try and enjoy it for what it is. And like, even when they're losing and even when games are bad, because Sunday was bad, it was a bad football game. It wasn't fun to watch. 
I still like to watch the Packers play football. So like, I guess that's what I'm kind of trying to take away from the season is regardless of what happens, it's going to be a super interesting off season. It's going to be a lot of new pieces next year. So like for the next, what, how many games are left? Eight, for the next eight games, just going to watch the Packers play football. And then we, you know, we'll figure things out in the off season. And then it's going to be even more fascinating because there's going to be moving pieces and it's still football. It's still the Packers. I'm not going to like let it, affect much beyond me just saying like wow that sucked I wish they were playing better yeah I think this season is just again for people who are fans of football like we are just interesting case studies about like what franchise decision making um and how to construct a team and how to take you know a bad a bad season a bad team and do what you can with it moving forward I think that's where I'm at you know, we've had years and years and years of great football, Super Bowl pushes, Super Bowl runs. You know, at this point, I think it's safe to say we're getting one ring out of Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately. But no matter what, it's still the team that I enjoy watching. And I'm going to just try to learn something from the season and get out of it, whatever it is that you can. I agree. There's no emotional attachment to it. Like yesterday after the game, I was like, okay, you know, this, this is just the season that it is and we'll see what happens moving forward. But I think I'm going to, you know, win, bad, lose, awful, atrocious. They will move on. They, they will move forward. There's another game next week. There'll be multiple games after that. We'll go into the off season. We'll do it all over again, right? It'll all happen all over again. Free agency draft, you know, the wheel keeps on spinning. So Safe to say for Packers fans, sucks to watch them lose, but there's always more football ahead. And yeah, and I think it's important to remember that, like, at the end of every season, only one team is happy. You know, and we're looking at the yeah. Bengals and the Rams, and the Rams obviously were happy last season, but neither of them are playing like world beaters right now. Obviously, Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow had a great game yesterday, but they had a really slow start to the season. So I think it's just kind of like, you know, another case study, like you said, of like every year there's teams that emerge as being better than anyone would have given them credit for every year. There's teams that regress and we don't expect them to. So as unfortunate as it is to think about, you know, the Rogers era ending with like a fizzle instead of a bang, it, mm -hmm. it's just, it's kind of the nature of the NFL. And, you know, I don't know who said it, but father time in the NFL, especially waits for no one. So this is just kind of, I think what it is, but that is all the time that we have for the podcast today. We talked long enough, I think about this year, um, what's to come and the lions themselves so we'll be back later this week with a cowboys preview thank you as always for listening to the show you can follow us on twitter at pwss podcast you can find us on instagram twitch and youtube at pax what she said you can find perry on twitter at perry underscore goldstein you can find me on twitter at maggie j loney remember to download and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts it really helps us out thank you again for always listening to the show and go pack go go pack go